We started tonight in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, using that as our main text. And this is what we're going to be focusing on this week, exercising yourself in godliness. The whole concept of what we're talking about is we are learning from Scripture that we can actually train in godly things. We can learn spiritual things. You can go far in your life learning about spiritual things and they don't need to be a mystery. You know, growing up in church, it always was a problem for me because it was almost like the things of God, as much as we read the Bible, it's taught to us, there are such a mystery that you can't understand them or explain them. It becomes even worse that in certain religious settings that it's only the, the, the priest who reads the Bible and the people don't read the Bible. And, and what that does, it creates this impression among people that they can never be spiritual. And I want to repeat what I said yesterday. God gives us gifts to pastor, to be apostles, to be an evangelist, a teacher, all of that. We have that gift. There are special graces that comes on us, but there's no special gift to be a Christian. We have to live the Christian life like everybody. I have to live by faith like you. I have to learn spiritual things like you. I have to follow the Holy Spirit just like you. There's no special favor. And this is why I said you can find a pastor who is very unspiritual, who hasn't grown spiritually, and find members of the church who are more matured spiritually than their pastor. Can I hear an amen from this side? Yeah, so don't ever get to a point where you exclude yourself. Why don't you tell three people there? Just tell three people, don't exclude yourself. Don't exclude yourself. Yes, we'd like to encourage you and inspire you when we talk about our experiences, but it doesn't mean we are special. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't mean there's something extra we have that you don't have. We are God's children like everybody. I have to read the Bible every day like all of you in my own private, personal, spiritual life. I have to pray like every one of you. I have to forgive people like you. I have to give tithes and offerings like you. There's no special grace that God gives me in my walk as a Christian. God does give me special grace in terms of doing the work of the ministry. But in terms of living my life, there's no special grace. So you can grow and become matured like any other person. So in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, Paul says to Timothy, reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable in all. And I showed you yesterday how spiritual development and growing spiritually, the benefit of that profits you in the life that now is and the life that is to come. Spirituality will affect everything about your life. It will affect you, of course, in terms of your spirit, in terms of your financial life, your relational lives, it will affect in terms of intelligence. You know, I had one minister who grew up as a child who, uh, who had a lot of disabilities. And he, he, he had paralysis and all kinds of things that had happened to him. A very 
rare blood disease uh, that was actually killing him and, and all kinds of things. And he says that, of course, he, he, you know, he went along, but then he got healed by God and got born again as a teenager. He says all of a sudden his life changed. He says my intelligence shot up 70%. Because most people have not understood that your, your, your ability to be wise, understand, and be intelligent and perform well is not just confined to your brain. You know, doctors don't understand that. And psychologists, psychiatrists, they think it's all in, in the brain. But when you read history, when you read and follow history, you'll know that most of the greatest inventions that came in the world, particularly back then, came from nations that had experienced revival. Go and study it in history. Some of the things that turned the, the, the world around in terms of major inventions. Now, some of the inventions that came were an improvement, you see, on, on things that were done. But if you really go back, you'll know that most of the major inventions that came either came from nations where they had experienced revival or they came from people who themselves had experienced revival. And uh, one minister talks about a certain man who used to work in an invention. You know, this company, they used to be involved in inventions. It, it's like it's the first company that ever put a blade in front of a tractor. You know, these, uh, these uh, uh, caterpillars with a blade, you're able to push the soil or dig they were the very first company that came up with that invention. And this man was involved in that. And this man actually told this pastor, he said, you know, in my company, we work with inventions. We come with creativity to try to solve problems and come up with new things. He says, we will work the whole day trying to resolve a problem and try this and try this and we can't solve it. Then he says, then I'd go home. And as I'm sleeping, all of a sudden, that idea comes. Because you see, ideas don't emanate from your brain. They emanate from your spirit. Mamela, mamela. And, and for that reason, now, of course the spirit does illuminate your mind, but it emanates from your spirit. Therefore, if you are not able to be quiet, I don't know how many of you have ever, let me, let me give it to you this way. I don't know how many of you have ever lost a set of keys. Lost a set of keys and you looked for them. I mean, if, if you search like me, now when I look for something, I know how to look. And you look for them, you look for them. I remember once I was to travel and I lost my passport. You know when you, when you travel, you don't, you don't travel all the time. So sometimes I, I, I have a special place where I put my passport, but this time around, I didn't put it in the actual place. And I, I, I couldn't travel. I had to miss a, what you call a trip. My bishop had to go alone. It was such a sad thing and not so nice, you know. And, and I look for the passport. That, and then after three months, one day I'm at home, minding my own business. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, I knew where the passport was. Now note, I was not engaged in active thinking. I wasn't really trying to draw information from my mind. But what happens, it leaped from my spirit because your spirit doesn't forget. Huh? Your spirit, your spirit knows more than your head. That's why with children, children can say things 
and know things that sometimes if you don't listen to them much, you can miss what they're saying. There's a story told of a pastor who, you know, had, had, uh, had to go to officiate at a funeral of his friend who had passed in an accident. So, you know, he was a young pastor, young family, and he was in some of these, you know, uh, cities that are very small cities. They don't have big airports, and they have these small airports like Lansiria, even though Lansiria is big now, and they fly these small planes. So one of his friends had offered him to say, look, you don't have to drive all the way. I can fly you there. So he got up in the morning, and because the flight was very early in the morning, you know, he, him and his wife, they took the children who were sleeping. They were still in their pajamas, got with them into the car, drove to the airport. This man gets on the flight, and as the flight is, 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 is taxiing, that is on the runway taking off, right? Isn't taxi a we come back, so okay, it was a... Ask his, as he's taxiing, the little boy who was, uh, I think, five years old at the time, suddenly woke up, suddenly just got up, and, and said to the mother, Mama, Mama, Dad is not on that plane, is he? I mean, he's taxiing. And she says, yeah, he's on the plane. You know he's going to officiate at, at so-and-so's funeral. And the boy says, doesn't Dad know that that plane is going to run into that mountain? He hadn't gotten the words out of his mouth. Plane smashed into the mountain. Both the dead and the pilot died. Now, how come did he didn't know that? Because that's not information that resides in your head. It's information that resides in your spirit. When the Holy Spirit communicates with your spirit. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't communicate with your mind. He communicates with your spirit. So if, if you don't learn to tune into the frequency of your spirit, there's a lot of things you're going to miss in life. Many things. Many things. You'll miss business deals. You will miss major decisions. You will get into accidents. You're going to lose a lot of things. You'll never go further in life. Even in education, he can remind you as you write your exams. He can remind you. He can show you who to meet. He can show you where to start the church. He can tell you what to teach in a church that brings church growth. He can give you a strategic plan for your company. These are not things that are confined to us, Baruti. You in the business world, you can use these principles. But you must learn how. So that's what we want to teach people. We want to teach people how to train themselves in godliness. There's no reason why we as God's people cannot outdo and outclass Batubasa Puluswa. There's no reason. And live a better quality of life. Why? Because of the godliness. Shouldn't be like before where it's almost like when you're a Christian, upari. You know, it's like when you're a Christian, you had CP on top. But it should be that Buzalana Baruna makes us to be distinguished people. I see you as a distinguished person. At your school, I see you being a top performer at school and at work. And when people ask why, you tell them the secret is that I've trained myself in godliness. So we can train, Bazalana, we can grow in godliness. We can know things. Can I hear an amen? amen? So yesterday, if I can recap a little bit, we showed you eight points. 
Eight points. I've got them here on my phone. I asked Sepan to send them to me, and I'm going to give you more points today. Point number one was what? The Holy Spirit will create a desire and a hunger and a thirst. Number two was? Look at your neighbor and say, Come on, look at them and say, Number two, is the Holy Spirit prepares your capacity for the next level. Three, God will meet you at the level of your faith. Number four, God pushes you to a new level of capacity. Number five, when you are hungry, God will meet you at the level of your hunger. Are you still together? Number six, when you are hungry and thirsty, there are times where God will fill you to, for an extended time. Seven, what started as a small stream becomes a great river. That was powerful. That was powerful. Number eight, if you can't listen to the small and mundane things the Holy Spirit leads you to, he won't be able to lead you to greater things. Are you there, Basalon? So today, I want us to go back to John 16, and I'm going to quote from it, all right? Verse 13, where Jesus is teaching about the ministry of the Holy Spirit because he's getting ready to lead his disciples. Now, let's put this in context. When Jesus was with his disciples, he was everything to them. All right? He was everything to them. He would lead them, guide them, pray for them. When they had questions they wanted about God, they'd ask him. When they needed food, he'd bring food. It was everything to them. Now he tells them, I'm going to leave you. So they're all sad. He says, no, no, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And among the many things the Holy Spirit is going to do, he's going to guide you. Okay, he's going to guide you. Please remember that, okay? So for three years, he had led them for three years, he had guided them. For three years, he had taught them. For three years, they trusted him entirely. They knew his decisions were right. They knew he could never go wrong. Then Jesus says, Bonang, I won't be there. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to be like your tour guide. Right? He's going to be your tour guide and he will show you things. Just like when you go out, I said it yesterday, when you go out on a trip, and if you want to have maximum enjoyment of a place, get a good tour guide. What the tour guide will do, he will show you the interesting places. They will take you to significant places. When it comes to shopping, if they are fair tour guides, they will take you to the shops where you are not going to spend all your money and the things there are, 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 are reasonable. And your experience will be a more enriched experience because the tour guide knows what matters and what doesn't matter. Right? Mara, if we care awareness, you'll go and spend a lot of time on things that don't matter. You will have had the tour, but you come back with things that don't matter. So between the guy who had a tour guide and the one who didn't have a tour guide is you both have been to the place, but your experience of the place is not the same. Right? You could have walked the whole day, maybe so Baba Mara, you didn't see a lot that was good. Let's go Baba Can you explain to the person next to you what Baba Elakin? I don't know what it is in English. Give Baba in English. Huh? Limping? Is that it? It's, 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 you know, Baba is, is worse than limping. Limping is Baba I don't know what Baba is. You, you can. So. So it means without a tour guide, your experience is not enriched. You don't 
Watch this. You don't get to see what's important and what matters. Watch. You spend a lot of time in what doesn't matter. You, so you and the other guy, the same amount of time. But the quality of your life is not the same. And the quality of your experience is not the same. And what's worse, your destiny is not the same. What you are left with afterwards is not the same. Because this one had a tour guide. The other one had, had no tour guide. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to come into your life like a tour guide. If you trust him. If you allow him to lead you. You know, I, I used to go to the U.S. to the Willow Creek uh, 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 leadership summit. I haven't, I'm not going this year. And so on. And, and when we went there, they, they, you know, you had to drive yourself. Okay. Driving in the U.S. on the wrong side of the road. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's very difficult. So we made sure we get ourselves a GPS. And, 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 and you let this lady talk to you. You depend on her so much. Now, if you follow her, you won't make mistakes because it's always a problem when you are driving in the U.S. because they're driving on the, on, 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 on the, on the right side of the road. So it's all right what... We drive on the left, they drive on the right. So there's nothing, the problem there is when you turn right. You see, turning left, making a left turn is not a problem, you stick to the right lane. But when you turn right, your mind flips and you go to the left. So all of a sudden you wonder why these other cars are against you. <laughs> Anybody knows what I'm talking about here? You wonder why, why all these cars, why, what have I done wrong? Because you have switched into your subconscious mind, you see. So you, you have to, and then the, 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 the highways there are different to ours. They don't have, you know, some of the highways, if you get into it, it's a huge loop. You can't get off ramp car speed and turn. If you get on the wrong one, you're going to be gone for two hours before you come back, yeah? So, so you, you better have a GPS. So if we're now a foster and you want to lead yourself, your experience of the U.S. will be a terrible one. You'll always be getting in trouble. And Jesus said, as you travel the journey of life, I want to make sure that your experience of life is different. The Holy Spirit will be like a GPS. If you depend on him, if you let him guide you, you will land safely. Can I hear an amen? amen. And Jesus says, not only is he the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth. In short, you can trust him. He won't lie to you. You can trust him. He will, he's the one who already knows the future. He has been there already. Mamelang. He knows what lies ahead of you. Oh, Basadwana. He knows what lies ahead of you. He knows what you should do. He knows what you should avoid. He knows the longest route and the shortest route. He knows the shortcut. And he, it's clear to him. Which means this. Rather than try to figure out your life. Hmm? Rather than try to work it out on your own. Let the Holy Spirit, the tour guide, lead you. And he will guide you and get you to your destination safer, faster, and the experience will be more pleasurable. 
There are many people who their life is not pleasurable. It's filled with bitterness, sorrow, disappointment. Now there are seasons like that. But if your life is trapped in that throughout, maybe you have to start listening to the Holy Spirit GPS. Particularly when he says to you, recalculating. Because sometimes we go the wrong way. If you go the wrong way, you'll never get to the destination. And we have to listen to him when he says recalculate. But then in Romans 8, there's another side to this. Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Verse 16 tells us, the Spirit himself makes, confirms with us, gives confirmation and affirms that we are the sons of God. Now, that word led there, it's a very interesting word. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a farming word. Wherein it pictures somebody who has an animal that they tie a rope onto it and lead it somewhere. Just like it happens out in the farms where somebody, when they take their cow or their sheep to the grazing field with their cows, they put a rope around them and note as you target with a rope and pull it, it must be willing to follow. Watch. The cow is more bigger than you. It can resist. It can say no. And you're not going to use force because it's bigger than you. So you just give it a gentle push, a gentle tug. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you a gentle touch. He doesn't shout. Doesn't scream. There's no thunder. He just tugs on your heart. For you to be able to go in the right direction, it depends on your willingness to follow. Now, oftentimes you'll find animals that are still wild, that have not been trained, right? Like the horses, for instance. They're not used to being ridden. They're not used to being controlled, tugged. So what happens? They react in a wild way to the tugging. As a result, these horses, as much as they are strong animals, and they have all of that, they can't be properly taken care of, and they can't be trained. Why? Because they are strong-willed. We have a lot of strong-willed children of God out there who follow their own path and they are big-headed and stubborn-headed. And the Holy Spirit can't. Now, here's another thing. Any animal that when you see it, it's a Yehudile having the ability to follow is because it was trained from its youth. It has learned that when my master takes me this way, my master will never ever take me to a place where I'm not going to be cared for. I can trust my master because I've done it many times. I can run if I want. And you see the master taking this big cow, this big ox, and with a rope and pack it to a specific area. If this cow ever, it can jerk the tag out, peg out. Because it's strong, but it stays there because it can depend on the master. Are you there, Bazalan? And that's the idea we find in Romans 8 16. As many as are led, that word ago depicts this animal that's led by a rope tied around his neck, following the owner wherever the owner goes. And this also, that same word 
also speaks of, describes an intense struggle. Watch this. An intense struggle of our will and our mind. As the Holy Spirit talks on you, it's up to you to follow. You can fight. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit talks on us, you'll find that we get into a struggle between our mind and what our heart is saying. Your heart is telling you, follow God. Your mind is telling you, don't go that way. And this is the conflict that comes when you are being led by the Spirit, that sometimes you are not so sure. And tonight what I'm going to show you and what I'm going to emphasize a lot is how can you amplify the voice of your spirit? How can you make it bigger? That it's not just a whisper, but it comes in digital, stereo, something, something. But all that you become familiar with that voice and accustomed and acclimatized to that voice. Can I hear a good amen? Can you get me that other thing? I'm burning. Shush. I think it's, the, I don't know, is it me or is it the place or what? So, so the Holy Spirit wants us to be able to follow him. Now, look at Psalm 73, verse 24. Psalm 73, verse 24. Note what it says. It says, you will guide me with your counsel and afterwards receive me to glory. You will guide me with your counsel. So God wants to guide you with his counsel. And when you get there, give God the glory. Can I hear an amen? But God wants to guide you with counsel. Look at Proverbs, or rather Psalms 19 verse 13. Psalms 19 verse 13 says, Keep back your servants also from presumption sins. Let them not have dominion over me, then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent. Of great transgressions. In other words, help God help me not to think I can master my life. Help me not to be presumptuous. Help me not to think I don't need your help. And there's many people who don't realize how much they need God. Can I hear an amen, Bazala? Can I hear an amen? So we can then learn to follow God. Now, tonight. I want to show you six signals that will help you know when you are being led by the Holy Spirit. Just like the robot. Almost like, and the illustration I have is almost like when you're driving down a long road, right? And, and all the traffic lights are in sync. As you come to one, it goes green. As you get closer to the other one, ever green. As you go to the other one, ever green. Marhaiba yellow. You don't drive through. I don't know why you don't drive through. <laughs> and however ready, you stop. So it's almost like tonight I want to say these six things, even if it's not all of them, but there are. When God guides you, he will give you more than one confirmation. More than one signal. So you have to use several signals to know that it is really God. Uh, no, not that one. The, the, the jacket. The, the, the jersey. L.O. Nori. The Lord forgive him. Now, look at 1 Corinthians. I've gone ahead of myself. Chapter 13, verse 1. 
I mean, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Now, note what it says. It says, this will be the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Now, this is what this verse is saying. When God is speaking and when God is leading, he will affirm it through the mouth of two or three witnesses. So in other words, if you are driving down your spiritual road, at least there should be two or three traffic lights that go green. Did you understand eh? If, if you go one erring green, the next one erring red, stop. Look at when they say stop. Yeah, stop, okay? Stop. So that's very important. So it says, it has to be confirmed, confirmed in the mouth of two or three weaknesses. Here it is, Bazaran. You owe it to yourself to check out the veracity of what you are hearing as a leading from God. Because of one thing, because even the Bible can be used in a wrong way. There are people whom verses have been used to lead them in a certain direction. But it's not just the verse, it's the verse and other things. Are you understanding? Because the Bible can be manipulated. Even with the Bible, it's not just one verse. The verse there you may learn. So, you owe it to yourself to check out the veracity. And let me give you the different scenarios. God can speak to you through a friend, pastor, through reading the Bible, through a gospel song, through a word of prophecy, through in your heart. He can give you these witnesses. And these things must confirm. So I want to go through these things with you. If the signal turns yellow, it means proceed with caution. If the signal turns green, it means go for it. If the signal goes red, you need to stop immediately. The signal is in your spirit. I'm going to show you tonight. It's in your heart. Where in the form of your conscience or in the form of the inward confirmation, the inward witness. You'll have numerous confirmations or signals. Like when you are tuning a car. I thought I'll bring the image. I was late to do it. But... When, when, you, when, you, when you tune a car, timing. That's what timing is. There are certain gadgets that have to line up in a certain way. These in sync. When you start a car, you know, there's a, there's a release of fumes. There's a coming in of, of air. There's a spark that must be there. And, and, and all those things must be in sync. Right? And there must be enough power that, is, that comes from your battery. Like, some of you who say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> in winter time. And if you try to boost a car, I'll give you an example. If you try to boost, if you're driving a van, these, you know, double cab vans, right? They have a big battery. If that van, the battery goes flat and you try to boost it and you bring the small car, to try and boost it, right? And you connect it. It's not starting. I'll tell you why. Because the small battery emits a certain amount of voltage. To get the van to start, let's, for argument's sake, if you need 50 volts for it to start, 
Mara, you are trying to boost it and connect it to a car that gives out 25 volts. It's not going to start. Because it has to be the exact amount of voltage for it to start. Because it always starts the whole day. So there are things that must be in sync. If they're not in sync, your spiritual car is not starting. Are we in doubt? Are you understanding what I'm saying? They have to be in sync. And this is why you see many people that are not going anywhere in their lives because they haven't learned the secret of things that must be in sync. So it's six things. Are you ready? Six, six now. Number one, the voice of the Bible. That's robot number one. The voice of the Bible. God will never lead you to do something that contradicts the scriptures. God will never lead you to steal. God will never inspire you to lie. God will never prophesy to you to commit adultery. Your amens are scattered thunder showers. So the first place to start is to ask the question, does this agree with the word of God? And that's the first traffic light. You don't move if it doesn't agree with the word of God. And therefore, you owe it to yourself to familiarize yourself with the word of God, to read it, to study it, to know it, to check it, to see what it says, what it means. Even before you take a step, be like the Christians in Berea. When Paul and company went to preach to them, they didn't just take the sermon. The Bible says they checked if what we said was so. God's not going to judge you. And this is where never allow anybody to pressurize you into decision making. Many people who have lost a lot, even in natural sense, is when you had a deal or a bargain where they were pressurizing you, if you don't sign in the next five minutes, it's gone. And then Ukraine know we was robbed. Don't ever allow anybody to pressurize you into decision making. Take your time to check what the Bible says. Particularly if the Bible is not silent on the issue. There are certain things the Bible doesn't tell you how whether you must buy a Mac or a Bima. The Bible's not gonna tell you. God's not going to say anything. But there are things where the Bible is very clear. And when the Bible is clear and graphic, if the traffic light is red, don't move. Don't move. So that's voice number one. Voice number two is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14, we were talking about that word led. We said it's that, it's that agricultural term, ago. Picturing an animal having a rope tied around its neck. It also speaks of the wrestling of our human will with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus in John 16, 14, 16, telling us that the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. I won't talk much about that because he talked about that. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying about the situation? Does the Holy Spirit confirm with your spirit? The third voice is the voice of our own hearts. And I want to spend a bit of time on this. The voice of our own hearts. 
Psalms 37 verse 4. This is what it says. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So in other words, God plants desires in our hearts. But the prerequisite is to delight yourself in the Lord. I want to explain this to you. In other words, if you delight yourself in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your hearts. Now, this is a double-barrel verse. It has a double-barrel meaning. And, and in this way, if you delight yourself in the Lord, and I'll explain what that means, God will give you the desires in the form of planting the desire. Right? So, God plants a desire. So, when you delight yourself in the Lord, you start having desires in your heart. You think it's you having a desire that comes from you. In the meantime, it is God who planted that desire. Ah. Now, how do you delight yourself in the Lord? Well, Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 tells us, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. So delighting yourself in the Lord, we delight in the Lord by reading, studying the word, and meditating on the word and embracing God's word. God says, if you spend time in my word, huh? if you spend time in my word, I will create desires in your heart. No wonder it's like Jesus gave people a blank check in John 15. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will. He didn't say you'll ask what God wills. He says, you will ask what you will and it shall be given to you. It's a blank check. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be. How can God trust that I will ask what's correct. God says, well, if my word abides in you, there's no way you can ask what is wrong because if my word abides in you, then my word will create the right desire in you. So I can trust that my word will guide your desires so you can ask whatever you will because whatever you will is shaped and molded by my word. Can I hear a good amen? Oh, yeah. So if you delight yourself in the Lord, reading God's word, studying God's word, meditating God's word, practicing God's word, what happens? Something begins to change in here. You start de desiring different things. Soon you no longer want to associate with certain people. Soon you no longer want to go to certain places. Come on now. Soon now you want to be free from some of the bondages. Soon you want to pray longer. Soon you want to go to church more. Soon you want to serve in the ministry of help. Soon you want to be the leader of a church. Am I talking to somebody? Soon you want to pray for hours in the Holy Spirit. You think it's you who is desiring that. In the meantime, it is God who planted that desire. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire. Now here's the, here's the second part of the barrel. So when you go out to act out the desire, God grants what you desire. So now here you are. You've been desiring to pray. So you yield to the desire. 
as you pray longer, God now gives you the benefit of people who pray a lot. You start walking in an anointing. You start walking in the, in, the, in the gifts of the Spirit. You start walking in the word of knowledge. The wisdom of God begins to operate in your life. So in other words, we can put it this way. Delight yourself in the Lord and God will give you the desire to give you the desire. <laughs> God will plant the desire to grant you the desire. So you start desiring to read the Bible. You know, this is the thing I find interesting about Bible. When God says pray without ceasing, he doesn't tell you what's going to happen. He doesn't tell you. The minute you start praying long, you only find out the benefits of praying long. This is why sometimes you can engage in spiritual conversation on things and you can easily tell people who don't practice the Bible. Because there are certain things you can only know when you are a doer of the word. You see, once you start reading the Bible a lot, one of the things I learned years ago, years ago is that it's almost like if you read the Bible and meditate on it, you feel full. Maybe that's why about the You 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 the word of God has a way of satisfying your inner man. You, you feel full. Such that on days when you haven't read the Bible, you feel the difference. Here's the other thing I noticed. When you listen to preachers, now maybe I mustn't tell you. <laughs> this is not meant to be a negative criticism. A preacher who spends time meditating in God's word, practicing God's word, their words are weighty. And their words go to your heart, not to your head. Note the comments that the, that the people made Kamara and Jesu. They said, he doesn't speak like the other teachers. His words are with authority. There's, some, there's a weight in his words. Now, if, if you don't read the Bible and say the Bible, you are not going to know what I'm talking about. You, you'll never know. Because there are, there's a certain knowledge that can only be known by experiencing it. Not by putting it into your head and studying it. I see most of you can lightly fair. What I'm trying to say is that as we're teaching about how to be led of the Spirit, there are things you'll discover as you start being led by the Spirit that we can't explain to you. Mara, everybody who has experienced it knows. Let me put it to you this way. Do you remember when you got born again? All of a sudden you knew what it was to be born again. Now, now you may not be able to explain it. But you were able at the same time to recognize when somebody else is born again. Ah. Because you could tell, before you got born again, 
And maybe you are not a Solomon. Maybe you are not a Hey, 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 hey. But after you got born again, you could see Hori. You know where it is. It's after you are born. Guru, you can see false spirituality. But the guy also born again. Santa Nakuma, Unana Rahu impressed like a spirituality. Umshabila Ferramaro was Allah, Uakuna Nixon. So it is the experience of being born again that gives you an understanding. You know what being born again means? Are you understanding what I'm saying? So, so, so the Bible says if you, if you, if you, if you delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you that desire. So when you spend time in the word, when you go to church, when you pray and you spend time in God's presence, something begins to happen in your heart. You really cannot immerse yourself in the things of God without getting transformed. There is no way. That's why when you see a Christian who claims to be reading the Bible, claims to be praying, but you look at their behavior, are you understanding? So, the third signal is the voice of your own heart. Watch this. What is in your heart? What is your heart speaking to you? Now note, the more you read the Bible and the more you learn to pray in the spirit, please note, Barcelona. it is the more you will be clear and precise in what your heart is saying. You are not going to have an experience like you are buffering. The signal will be clear and unbroken. As you pray more, you want to do certain things, you want to become a pastor, you want to go into business. Now watch this now. This is where the value of quietness and stillness comes. This is where the value of contemplation comes. Why? Because it is in times of quietness and stillness and contemplation and being alone and being in the secret place and waking up early and being alone and being away from the noise. This is the time where you are able to access the information in your spirit. Almost like when you are searching for something on the internet, you start surfing the internet. And you start clicking in keywords to get certain information. When you are in your closet, it's almost like you are surfing your spirit. Checking what God has placed in there. And if you are not in a space of quietness and stillness, where the noise of the world is taken away from you and the disturbance is taken away from you, you will miss what's in your spirit. It was there all the time, but it was crowded out by the noise. This is where, therefore, for tonight, I want to show you why it's so important for us to pray in the spirit during this time. 
and to read the word during this time. Because praying in the spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, verse 14, talks about when we pray in the spirit, we edify ourselves. Somebody say edify. edify. Say it again. Edify. Say it again. Edify. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's edify. Tell the other neighbor, neighbor, it's edify. The word edify is an old English term that speaks of a building. Buildings back then in Elizabethan English was called an edifice. So the word edify means to build up. Watch. When you pray in the spirit, you build up your spirit. You build it up in strength. You build it up in resilience. You build up its voice to be stronger. Not only that, not only do you build up your spirit, you develop the ability to recognize and understand what's going on in your spirit. Most of you don't know what's going on in your spirit. Why? Because some people fasting but so hafela, they're on their phone. They are on WhatsApp, they are on emails. Worst of all, they are playing loud music, looking at ungodly things. First thing, Batsuha. And not Batsuha. First thing, Hautsuha. The advantage is this your mind has been quietened for a while, and your spirit is in the ascendancy. So if when you first wake up, the first thing you do is to start. Tuning into the frequency of your spirit by praying in other tongues. Then you are leveraging that space of quietness such that you can hear early in the morning. No wonder the Bible talks about Jesus. He woke up early in the morning and he went to the secret place. Woke up early in the morning. David talks about early in the morning. Why is it so important? Because we must develop the discipline to be with God alone. Sometimes you have to cut out time of prayer and fasting. Where you go away by yourself and you spend a longer time. You see, sometimes, Barcelona, we have to spend longer time because our spirit is buffering so much. And you have to take longer time and work yourself through the rubble. And work yourself through the many things that are distracting you from hearing God. And you'll note that on the third day, on the fourth day, you are more tuned than you were on the first day. And, and the, 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 the problem here is, here's what I find very difficult. You only realize when you, when you hit and when you reach that spot of hearing, only then do you realize how much you were not hearing all along. It's almost like when I got born again. The day I got born again, I only noticed after I was born again how burdened I was. I was feeling light. But all along, I didn't realize I was having a heavy burden. So you only know certain things in hindsight. Only in hindsight you realize how much you are walking away from God. 
How much you were tolerating things? How much you were not hearing? How much you were making wrong decisions? How much you had connected with the wrong crowd? How much you had accepted certain things in your life? It's only when you, when you reach a certain level, when you look back, how much unforgiveness I was walking in. How much chaos was in my life? Why? It's because you are reaching that point where you are accessing your spirit. We're talking about training ourselves in godliness here. So, the praying, the serving of the spirit helps you to hear what your heart is verbalizing. When you pray in the spirit, it amplifies the signal. Just like if you Wi-Fi. Or if some of you who are staying in complexes that have many flaws, or if you're working in a company that has many flaws, you find that sometimes your telephone signal, you, 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 you can't get through to you. We phone you, it goes on voicemail. Not because your phone is, is off, but because the signal is weak. So you have to move and go where the signal is stronger. Mamela, to receive what has been transmitted all the time. Oh my goodness. It's not that God is not transmitting. It's just that we are in a dead spot. So God is transmitting. God is speaking. God is leading. God is guiding. God's trying to show you. Mary, you're in a dead spot. You're making wrong decisions in your life, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your family, in your career. You're making wrong decisions. You're connecting with the wrong people. You're going to the wrong places. You are using your time in the wrong way. You are, you are prioritizing it wrongly. Because you're in a desperate. Kama mudimu wabua all the time. Mara, umutwine. Umutwine. And yet he was guiding you all along. Praying regularly in your spirit. In the spirit. Builds up your spirit. Listen to this. To be strong. To be developed. Because praying in the spirit is almost like lifting weights in the spirit. You develop the strength of your spirit. There are Christians whose spirits are weak. Their spirits are not strong. You know, we heard something, Barcelona, that so encouraged us. As you know, the passing of Apostle Janssen through illness, and it was such a challenge. But everybody who talks about him, including myself, when I phoned him once and I was speaking to him, if you didn't see him physically, you'd never know he was suffering so much. There was a strength that was emanating from his spirit. That even when his body was affected, there was a strength that came from here. There's a strength that emanates from your spirit. It is that strength that makes you resilient in decision making. It is that strength that even if your body is battered, you are not going to walk away from God and make the wrong decisions. 
it is that strength that will continue to make you keep on praying to keep on believing to keep on raising the name of Jesus to keep on serving God to even praise his name even when your body is battered to say glory to God when everything is falling apart it is the strength that comes from the inner man and it is that strength that we're going to access tonight as we take time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Let me close. Praying in the Spirit builds you up. Builds up your spirit to be strong. To be developed through this spiritual exercise. And therefore, your spirit starts to have a stronger voice. Even better, when you learn to pray for extended hours in tongues. Because it helps you to acclimatize and familiarize yourself with the voice of the Holy Spirit that's speaking inside of you. You start knowing and recognizing the voice by virtue of constant exposure and constant exercise. Start knowing. And like one minister said, he said, if you continue in this exercise, you get to a point that even in the most minute details in life, you can be led by the Spirit. Amen. Things that may not be major things, they're not a life and death thing. They're smaller than nothing. You can hear the Spirit just talk to you and you, because already you are acclimatized to that. And so tonight, we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And at the same time, Everybody here who's not filled with the Spirit, tonight is your night. I'm going to ask Baruti Baruda to be on standby because I'm going to ask you to help me as I, we pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are a born-again child of God and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're missing out. But I thank God that you came tonight. Yeah. And this is what I want to ask. First thing tomorrow morning, when you wake up, if you can, wake up before the rest of the family. Go shut yourself somewhere in a room somewhere. If you are able to. In some privacy somewhere. And pray in the spirit. And start familiarizing yourself with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Start praying in tongues because your spirit, the spirit of man, Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit searches, serves, looks for, and is able to pick up what God is saying. Pick up things that are happening. And you start knowing in your spirit. Sometimes you can know when people are not telling the truth. In here. You can sense. But most of all you will know the will of God for your life. May I ask those who want to be prayed for to be filled? You know, this in church, this is God's training school. We are here to train in righteousness. 
If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to be filled and you are a born again Christian, just walk to the front. I want to pray for you right now. Just come in your numbers. Come stand right here.